This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, on the Dr. Pepper call in line by giving us a call at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. Of course, the big topic today has been, so far, Draymond Green, indefinite suspension, over the course of however long now moving forward for his actions, the culmination of his actions, that Smalls has said the severity needs to be determined here. CeCe has brought up the point many times here of the idea of what are we doing with the practice part of it? If we're going to have him away from the facility and away from the team, you can't actually have him with the team, which is part of it. And I've said that I believe personally this is going to be the beginning of the end of Draymond Green with the Warriors, but not because they get rid of him. My guesstimation is ultimately he actually asks out and he doesn't feel the support that he wants to feel because Bob Myers is not there. And as CC has pointed out, how much more support can you actually have of a person than giving them a four-year, $100 million contract and actually not disciplining them for as long as they have not disciplined him here? So to be continued on that conversation. But Cam Newton has a podcast that has gotten a ton of uh, conversation over the last 24 hours or so. His uh, fourth and one podcast, and Cam gave a breakdown of quarterbacks in the league today, and he specifically talked about Dak, Tua, and Brock Purdy. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, obviously Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Brack Purdy, like, but Brock, they're not winning because of him. He's managing the game. And if we were to put that in its own right as game managers, Brock Parody, Tua Tonga Valoa, Jared Goff, and really Dak Prescott. These are game managers. They're, they're not difference makers. That's, listen, I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer. Okay. Before we get into this, Torrey Smith, former NFL wide receiver, did you play with him in Baltimore? Yeah, I played with Torrey. He put out something interesting on, on Twitter. That, like, Why aren't we just crapping on Cam here because he said that? Like, Cam should have the right to say this stuff as a former MVP quarterback. And we have a lot of people out there all across sports media that never played the game as high of a level as Cam did. So I do want to just preface it by saying that. I, I still have to ask you guys, why do we look at game manager as an insult? Can someone explain this to me? If game manager is... Don't turn the ball over. Put all of your teammates in position to succeed, Smalls. Why are we looking at that as an insult? I don't think it should be an insult. These are three of the most productive quarterbacks this season that he's talking about. And Dak, Brock no Purdy, and Tua. They, they are uh, sitting atop the MVP votes. I mean, or the MVP conversation. I think they've been incredibly effective. And part of this is doing the job that's assigned to you and fitting into your role. And if that is what is going to allow the team to have the most success is them to facilitate in this manner, I don't think that's a negative at all. No, it shouldn't be viewed as a negative, but I think in this conversation there's more nuance than the general public uh, understands because Cam is looking at it through the lens of being a guy that played quarterback at a really high level, both in college and in the National Football League. Like, this guy won a national championship. He won a Heisman. He, he's won an MVP, and he went to the Super Bowl. I was listening to Acho talk about this yesterday. He's the only player in pro football history to ever done that, to, to win a national championship, to win a Heisman, 
to win an MVP and take a team to the Super Bowl. Wow, didn't realize that. That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I mean, glad so you said he's, that, so that's he's the in, point here. So we I guess to, my point yeah. is he's entitled to his opinion. Bingo. Yeah. But here's the thing. We we are within our rights to criticize the opinion without criticizing the career of Cam Newton. And I think that's the place where people go that makes me a little uncomfortable. Now, just to drill down on what he's saying. Which, by the way, bravo for saying that because that's the point. Like, yeah. We don't have to attack Cam. We can attack the no, opinion on this. Go no ahead. doubt about it. But to drill down on what Cam is saying, I think what he's talking about is are these quarterbacks players that make guys around them better or do they just do a great job of taking advantage of the talent around them? Like, are these guys tractors or are they trailers? Are they the one that's pulling the team along or they are the along for the ride? And I guess with Brock Purdy in the three-game losing streak that we saw when he didn't have the full complement of weapons, when he didn't have a healthy Trent Williams, when he didn't have a healthy Depot Samuel, you're talking about an offense that scored in the teens. That, that's 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 not opinion. That's fact. And, and so when we looked at Tua on Monday Night Football against the Titans without Tyreek Hill for a quarter and a half, that offense looked awfully pedestrian. Uh, that's that's not an opinion. That is fact. So I guess the question now becomes: Are these guys players that make everybody around them better, or are they players that take advantage of the pieces that are put around them? I guess Cam is looking at the latter as a negative. I don't agree with that perspective, but I understand why he's saying it because this is a quarterback that's always made everybody around him better when he was in his prime. Think about it. Cam Newton won an MVP and his leading receiver had less than 800 yards receiving. <laughs> that is wild. Wow. That is wild. But that, 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 that's, that's the kind of player that Cam Newton was. He was 15-1. and one. He took a team to the Super Bowl. So I get where he's coming from. But we shouldn't look at those guys not being "quote unquote" force multipliers as a knock. We need another term for game manager, like because we just doing. Smalls, you said they are doing. Those three guys are doing what is asked of them, and they're doing it at the highest of levels. Any profession, any walk of life, if your employer gives you an assignment and you are doing the exact assignment at the highest possible level, you could do it. How could you be criticized then by anyone for doing that assignment? That And when we look at game changers, okay, who would be, ga- by Cam's definition, again, not about Cam, but about Cam's words, who would be considered a game changer in the NFL? Mahomes. I want him. Absolutely on my team. Who else? Joe Burrow. Want him on my team. Who else? Uh, Jalen Hurts, I would put in that category. Okay. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Lamar. Okay. All right, where's Josh Allen? Josh Allen's in there. Uh, he's in there for me. Okay, so now sure. we're getting to that point where not every game changer is the perfect guy for every team. Not oh, every game Trevor manager. Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is a game changer. And I love Trevor Lawrence. Trevor I know Lawrence you do too, but Trevor Lawrence has disappointed at times during the course of the season, very rarely, but has had inter- bad interception games. Trevor Lawrence's numbers should be better, in my opinion, than they are this season. But I would I'm take- sorry, the Jacksonville Jaguars won a division last year, right? I think he's awesome. Second year? I picked him for MVP Jackson this year. The Jaguars are leading the division this year, right? I think he's so amazing. What, so once he got a confident head coach, I'm just... I love once, him. Once he got out of the Urban Meyer guys. It's the same thing where if you look at – if you list the game changers and you list the game managers, you get to that line of demarcation of I don't want them on my team anymore. There's going to be a line for both of them, right? But, okay, now give me the game, cha- the game managers Bro- based on camp. Brock, do you want them on your team? Hell yeah. Yeah. But hold on, hold on. When we start talking about game changers – Hasn't Dak Prescott elevated into that category? Dak Prescott is in there. Like I, I mean, I think he's clear, he's clearly a top ten quarterback. I mean, 
if he's on the fringe, I understand why people would be hesitant, but it's not based on anything that we've seen this year. It's the best version of Dak Prescott we've ever gotten. He's but on pace for 40 touchdown passes. I guess what I'm saying is that there are guys like Kyler Murray could be a game changer. Like when he's on and he's running and people can't tackle him and he's flinging the ball downfield, he could be amazing. I don't want him as my quarterback because there's too many mistakes, right? That's the way I feel about Josh Allen. There are too many mistakes for me personally. Do you just compare Josh Allen and Kyler Murray? I'm comparing it based on the the label. The label. <sighs> okay. All right. The, the okay. label, okay. right? Because okay. if you had to label a quarterback a game changer or a game manager, what's Kyler? Oh. More of a changer. Okay, he's what's Josh a, Allen? He's changer. a game changer. Okay, what's Brock Purdy? Man, we would say manager, even Tua? that's not fair. Game manager for manager. sure, but you're saying that you're saying that as a negative or a positive. I, I'm saying that from the perspective of do I think they make everybody around them better? No, I don't. I think Tua does a really good job with the pieces that are put around him, just like Brock Purdy does. I don't feel that way about Dak Prescott. I think he actually makes people around him better, and I appreciate the leadership intangibles that we've seen from that. If we've learned anything from Eagles Week. With Mike McCarthy going through an appendectomy and the team and the offense not skipping a beat? I mean, think about it. They scored on their first four possessions in that game. They didn't punt until the second half. I guess the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Because, like, Patrick Mahomes, to me, manages a game better than anybody in the NFL. But he's also a game changer. Like, you know, you look at Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. They manage the game better than anybody in the league. Trevor Lawrence, same kind of thing. Dak Prescott, same kind of thing. Brock Purdy, I believe, makes everybody better, manages the game in a way. Like, I just, I'm so, so bothered see, by that, see, that I, term. I, I hear where you're coming from. I get it. You're, you're caught up on the game manager aspect it of it. It bothers me. I understand what you're saying. I don't know that Brock Purdy makes everybody better, but he does do a great job of managing the game. I think looking at it from the standpoint of, can this guy be a force multiplier? Can he play above the X's and O's? Can he do things outside of the structure of the scheme, things that the coach can't, can't account for, things that opposing defenses can't account for? Can he do those things in the biggest of moments? I haven't seen that from Brock Purdy. I've seen that from the other quarterbacks that we've run down on this list, and I'm seeing it this year from Dak Prescott, which is why I, I feel a little bit differently about what the Dallas Cowboys can be now than I did coming into this season. But I think that's what Cam Newton was trying to allude to, the fact that you don't have a lot of guys that can play outside of the structure of the offense, above the X's and O's, even when the coach doesn't have the perfect play call lined up. You can make the coach right because of the different things that you can do. What was Peyton Manning? Oh, Peyton Manning played above the X's and O's. But so Peyton Manning was the X's and O's. Yeah, he, he was, was so cerebral. He, there, was, there was no system right. so, that he ran under Tony Dutch. Like, he was the system. But that's why I look at it, again, beauty in the eye of beholder. I look at him as the, one of the great game managers of all time because he did everything. He said, I'm going to call this play. I'm going to call that play. We're going to audible out. Omaha well, production. Hold on, hold on. Just because it's cerebral doesn't make you a game manager. So let's not do that either. Yeah, he was he yeah, was yeah. quite literally changing yeah, the game. Yeah, he was he changing. He literally changed the game. But, but, but to, I both. guess when I think game manager, I think your head coach is going to put you in this certain position to succeed and you can't deviate from what is being assigned to you. When I think of Peyton Manning, he's coming up to the line of scrimmage and he is literally, quite literally dictating how it's all going to play. Yeah, the out. offensive meetings, Peyton Manning ran the meetings, not the offensive coordinator, not the head coach. Like He's running the meetings. Yeah. Like, that, there, there's levels to this. But that's why I so just because it's not it athletic, just because he's not breaking out of the pocket doesn't mean that he's not a force multiplier. Right. I, I understand what you're saying. I guess I just define it differently because I think the way that the masses define 
define it, the best example of a quote-unquote, well, not even game manager, the best example of what you just said, Smalls, which is here's the game plan. You are literally not allowed to do anything other than the game plan. As odd as it sounds, the best example I have of that this year is Russell Wilson. I don't believe Russell Wilson is allowed to do anything anymore outside of what Sean Payton tells him to do. To Russell Wilson's credit, he said, fine, make me into what you want me to be. Russell Wilson forever was a game changer based on these definitions, now maybe is a game manager, and is helping his team win. This is why my whole point is I think there's a cross-section here. I think there's there's great quarterbacks that change the game, great quarterbacks that manage the game. I think the greatest of quarterbacks can do both, right? That – Andy Reid says to Mahomes, here's the game plan. He says, sure, I'll do whatever you need me to do to win. And they do it. But also, I can improvise. I can do this. I can do that. That I just, I don't even like separating the two because I think that they come off insulting. One way or another, they come off insulting. And I think we're talking about the greatest quarterbacks in the sport right now, aren't we? We're not asking if Josh Dobbs is a game manager or, a game, or, Joe, or even Joe Flacco. I know he's been very good A lot good of guys in injured, though. Yeah. No, I understand that. But I just think that, like, both are compliments. Both are compliments. And yet one is looked at as an insult. Well, I think here's the thing, and I don't want to speak for Cam Newton or anybody else that's making these types of arguments, but listening to those comments in, in, in their entirety, the context around it was, can this dude make other guys better outside of the scheme, outside of the play call? I think that's what Cam was trying to drill down on. And so I get the game manager aspect of it, the language and how that's become a part of the sports lexicon. But I think what he's talking about is, can he make other guys better outside of the scheme, outside of the structure, outside of the play call? And he's saying with Tua, with Brock Purdy, and with Dak Prescott, no, they don't. I don't agree with the Dak aspect of it, but I understand what he's saying. There's a difference between force multipliers and guys that take advantage of what's around them. And I think Brock and Tua fit into that latter category. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2. <laughs> Our teammate, Harry Douglas, is here. Freddie and Harry, 3 p.m. Eastern. Okay, we got to ask you something before we get going. That boy bad. I don't think we've seen you on the air since all of a sudden on social media, we saw you dipping into the bad take jar in front of us. No, he was adding to it. What happened here? No, no, no. When I I was here, I remember when, when I came last, 
you guys find me. You told me I owed a dollar to the jar right. for not turning the air conditioning back down before I left. Right. So when I came in, I put a $10 bill in the jar, and I didn't ask for change. Look at you. But then there was another incident where Man you forgot again, wasn't there? No. No, no. He no, it wasn't him. He wasn't Listen, the culprit. It was somebody else I don't forget working much. in our studio. Probably the same person <laughs> that removed my <laughs> slippers from the studio. Okay. Someone right. stole right, my I'm notepad I'm just, last night. I'm innocent. Okay. But you've accused me once of things. Listen. I'll be damned if you're going to do it twice. He can take certain liberties, though, Ev, because he's put $10 in the bad takes. So you have nine bad takes ready to go. Exactly. I'm there ahead of time. You <laughs> prepaid. You prepaid. Just like my taxes. Where, where are you? Though? Where are you with Draymond? Your brother Tony played in the NBA. Yep. Played with Draymond. We've been talking about it. You've been talking about it. Where does the Harry Douglas stance today on Draymond Green? Well, I think it comes a point in time in our lives, right, where we have to hit this word called growth. And when you're growing up and you're a boy and you become a man, there's a growth process, right? When you get married in, in year one. You know, year one can't be the same. You can't be the same in year one as if you are going to be in year five. There comes a growth process. When I had kids, when I had my daughter, you know, when I was still playing with the Tennessee Titans, my viewership of everything instantly changed. I had to grow. So for Draymond, at at this point in his career, there has to be a growth process. It can't be anymore, this is who I am, this is what I do, because that is being detrimental to their basketball team. They're 10 and 13 right now. They're below 500. And for a team that, that needs him out there on the basketball court, because he's the best defensive player, he's the guy that orchestrates things as well, they can ill, they can Ill afford to lose a guy like that. And then when you look at the history, you go all the way back to 2016. A championship got cost, was, was, was cost because Draymond wasn't out there on the court. No doubt. So at some point in your life, man, this growth process has to start to take place. It can't be anymore, no, this is the way I am. This is the way I do things. Because of late, that has been detrimental to your team. That has hurt your basketball team. And on a personal level, look, I still do counseling right now as a, as a couple with my wife, marriage-wise. Mm-hmm. And I do counseling uh, single-handedly for me as an individual. And it helps. I, there are things that, you know, I don't even budge about now that I probably would have been angry about two or three years ago. But it's that growth process, and I think that's where Draymond is right now in his life. Harry, I've been critical of the NBA with a couple of elements around this suspension. First of all, their concern about assigning a specific number of games because they don't want the debate to happen in public forums and shows like this one about whether or not it was the right amount of discipline or punishment, and then they're allowing Draymond to continue to practice and be around the team while he's serving this suspension, while he's trying to get the help that he needs from a mental health standpoint. Where do you come down on those specific aspects of the punishment, the discipline, the suspension toward Draymond Green? Well, I think the reason why you probably didn't get the significant games is because I think what the, what the NBA and Adam Silver and Joe Dumars is looking at is like we don't want to pinpoint a, a, a number on this situation because I do believe they care about Draymond as a human being, mm. right? And they, they want him to get better from a mental standpoint. Now, do I think they can hold, uphold this suspension for as long as they want? I don't know if that can happen because if he's showing the proper steps that – He's taken uh, a new direction. Then I think it's time for him to get back in. But as far as him practicing, 
you, you also don't want to lose a human being too, though, mm-hmm. right? There's a human element side of things. You don't want to lose him, and then he's, you know, completely away from the team, and then things go off the rails. Uh, so, so it's a give and take, man. Mm. What, you, you know, what, and I think what Adam Silver and Joe Dumars, what they're also saying with this suspension is that Draymond can't make a mockery of the NBA. And it's, and it's different from the NFL because if something like this would have happened in the National Football League, we know that shield comes before anything, right? Yeah, but hadn't he already made a mockery of it? He had no. the chokehold on Gobert. He suspended him five games, and that clearly wasn't enough. I, I agree, CC, and, and I just think that's why I say for Draymond, at some point, there has to be this process of growth. Yeah, because you're continuously doing the same thing over and over and over again. So I think now what Adam Silver is also saying is that okay, the Golden State Warriors they can't handle it in the manner that we probably want them to handle it in. So we're going to go ahead and, and, and forefront that, and however long it takes for him to get, uh, you know, the proper help that he needs and show that growth then that's why they, they just put indefinitely on it, didn't put a, a certain number of games on that. Harry, the Warriors, a dynasty that looks like they're in a tough spot right now. Patriots also in the same boat with Bill Belichick. <laughs> Things aren't great in New England. A little different, Smalls. A little different, <laughs> of course. But, you know, it's a transition. It's a transition, Harry, nonetheless. Um, so there's re- more reports out there that Bill Belichick and the Patriots are going to part ways at the end of the season. How attractive do you think Bill Belichick is as a head coach right now to other organizations in the NFL? Very attractive. When I look at teams like the New Orleans Saints, when I look at the Los Angeles Chargers, when I look at the Washington Commanders, those are three teams right there, the Carolina Panthers. Those are three teams right there. If I'm any one of them, I'm lining up to get a Bill Belichick. And then when you look at the Sandy, uh, excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers, they have the quarterback in place in Justin Herbert. But you, what, was the, what has been the conversation all these years with, with uh, Brandon Staley? You have, on paper, you have the players. Yeah. So think about Bill Belichick and those guys that they have defensively, um, along with having a franchise quarterback, what mm. he could be able to do with the Los Angeles Chargers. I think the Saints is a really interesting one you just brought up because that is the most winnable division in football. Yep. And that is that's and controllable environment indoors that, you know, he that's that's a really interesting one. Talking with Harry Douglas, of course, Freddie and Harry, three PM. What and now I'm I just, I just couldn't see Bill Belichick in a New Orleans Saints. Ah, but you know what? He has a relationship with Sean Payton. You can get all the background info on the ownership I think that's an it. No, I'm really not saying he doesn't one. have all of that. I just and, can't and, and, see and him look, on the sidelines for the New Orleans yeah, Saints. But, I just but can't that's envision. another football team on paper. Defensively, specifically. They, they have it. Yeah. Even, offensively too. Well not. Yeah, they not just they, they just no they just aren't executing. But they yeah. might be in a position to get one. Harry, mm-hmm. as a guy who played wide receiver, you you would have a better, the best answer to this kind of question. A game manager is a compliment or an insult? It should be a compliment. Um, I, I think a lot of people take it as an insult in today's world. Why is it considered an insult? Because I agree with you. I think we all kind of agree that to some level it should be a compliment. Okay, so I understand what all this is coming from. It's stemming from the Cam Newton yeah. conversation, <laughs> right? Cam Newton's the homie, right? South side of Atlanta, baby, we're both there. But at the end of the day, whether a, a quarterback is a game manager or he's a franchise changer or that dynamic player, at the end of the day, in the game of football that's a team sport, they all need their teammates, right? Because when I watched Patrick Mahomes in 2020 versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that game didn't get won because offensive line was beat up, right? Okay, but then you also you see a, a Nick Foles with the Philadelphia Eagles – Go win the Super Bowl with the Eagles. You see a Peyton Manning, in which he wasn't a Peyton Manning that we were accustomed to. Right. Go win one with the Denver Broncos against a Cam Newton 
because of his teammates around him. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. So Russell Wilson, right? Russell Wilson wasn't – we can't just say he was a game game changer like we see a Patrick Mahomes or we see – other quarterbacks that, that, that we speak in that light, or or a Joe Burrow, or or Josh Allen, guys like that. So at the end of the day, you need your teammates, man. No matter what kind of quarterback you are, you, you are. Awesome. That's why I am on it. Yeah, awesome job. You'll see him on Get Up at eight a.m. Eastern time. Maybe see he has nine bad. He had no bad takes today. Not even close to no, a bad. No take. bad takes. Not even close to a bad take. So next time you come in, we need nine bad takes. He's already put nine dollars. No, 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 no. You know what bring, I say? Don't bring nine bad takes on my show. Don't do that. But, but look, <laughs> check this that. out, man. God might not come when you want him to, Evan, but he gonna always be on time. Hello. <laughs> we are on Sportsman's like on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on your bundle of motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. Hello, Michelle Smallman. Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Damian Woody is here. ESPN Ooh. NFL analyst on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Did I just overhear the two of you, former players here, just comparing barbershop stories just now? Were you guys talking about each other's well, we hair? We were talking about barbershopping. We were talking about holiday <laughs> plans, Christmas yeah. shopping, yeah. all of the yeah, things. Yeah, see, like, we like, the up. whole barbershop thing is just like a lot of times, like you run into like sometimes you have like the same barber or your you know your barber you might know the same people yeah. in that yeah. circle. Exactly. So it's like that's why him like. Were you, who's your, he was your barber. Like, the, the, you, the crispy edge looked real yeah, familiar yeah, to me. You got, I, I saw yours it. earlier, you too. You don't get an edge up like that without yeah. using the razor edge. Oh, yeah. So you do the clippers first, then you do the razor edge to red. make sure it's real sharp. There yeah. are probably a million barbershops in the tri-state area. No, 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 you no, guys no, assume no, that you no, went no, to the no, same see, one? No, you don't see, know. See, just like, just like there's like a... You know, the NFL is like a fraternity. There's like a frater- a special fraternity like barbers. No doubt. not ah. every barber is the same. Yeah. Not every barber is the same. If your barber is not doing the razor edge, yeah. you need to switch up your barber. Yeah, you got to switch your game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I also overheard Damien say something. Boy, what the most prepared guy around. You got your Christmas shopping done prior to Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah. what you would advise people to do out there? Oh, absolutely. Like for me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm not. I want. Now, listen. 
I don't use. I haven't done this in the past. Okay. Usually, I'm kind of a last minute scramble type deal. December twenty fourth guy, basically. Yeah, I'm like usually I'm like that, but this year I'm like hell no, I'm not <laughs> doing that this year. I'm literally going to knock it out early, and I got to tell you, man, like I'm kicking my feet up. I'm not stressed. <laughs> I'm like what a brilliant. I'm good. Move. I'm good right now. Kind of like you going to the grocery store at six thirty in the morning on Saturday. I do that. Is that crazy? No, there's nothing crazy about it. You like that? Like, oh, my wife would do that. Like, she always like, yeah, let's get up in the morning. I'm like before everybody's everybody. wife is basically yeah, what I'm it's like, like yeah, let's do that. I'm like, dang, okay. <laughs> like, you have fun, honey. yeah, yeah. You have fun. <laughs> All right, let's have you weigh in on on Draymond. We've been asking everybody today. Obviously, as a former player analyst, now your take on what happened with Draymond? Did the NBA get it right? <sighs> Listen, man. First of all, I gotta say, Draymond too damn old to be acting like this. Right? Like right. you are. Too, that's the first thing I like when I saw that. I'm like, bruh, you are too damn old to be and to be pulling these these type of shenanigans. And then the post, listen to him in the post game. I'm like, saying like he didn't mean to do it. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You did mean to hit that man like that. And so the thing that that upsets me is your team. Is literally this is like the last hurrah for the for that dynasty. Yeah, and no, and Golden State is literally fighting for their lives to try to you know make a run and be relevant this year, and you're spending more time suspended than you are on the court right now. Yep, and so By for way, me, that's fact that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. you will literally have more time suspended or ejected than on the court this year. Yeah, man, and it's just but honestly, man, shame on the Warriors for giving you that contract. Yeah, they like you. They literally re up that man in the off season, knowing all the shenanigans. Knowing he stole on Jordan Poole to start yeah. last year, right? He stomped on Sabonis in the playoffs, and they gave him a hundred million dollars. Gave him a hundred million dollars. <laughs> so for everyone out there thinking that that somehow like this this whole suspended indefinitely, and that he's gonna get counseled, like that's gonna change Draymond. Really? You think that's gonna change him? It's not going to change him. It can, just he, not in that short period of time. Yeah, I'm, he, listen, Draymond is going to be Draymond. That's just that's just my my feeling about the whole thing. Uh, so I was critical of the NBA earlier on two aspects of the suspension. Number one, they shouldn't be worried about assigning a specific number of games and opening up the debate. Like to me, to to not assign games and put indefinite on the suspension to avoid the debate conversation was ridiculous. But the other part that I really really had an issue with was them allowing Draymond to continue to practice while he's serving this suspension and being around his teammates when one of the most violent acts that we've seen from Draymond in in an NBA setting was in practice toward Jordan Poole. Where do you come down on the NBA with the indefinite aspect of the suspension and with allowing him to continue to practice and and meet with his team? Well, listen, when the whole Jordan Poole thing, I think that should have been kind of – you know how in the NFL we got the conduct unbecoming? Yes, you know, conduct detrimental. No doubt. That's where, like, I think the team, you know, the team instead of the NBA, take, the team takes care of that. Like, you you, you, you take care of the discipline in-house on that type of situation. Now, as it relates to Draymond and this latest, this latest fiasco, I always said this because it's a very emotional, we, it's an emotional topic. A lot of people talk with emotion. What was collectively bargained? Between the, the the PA and, and and the league, like we have to follow the protocol and the guidelines of what they collectively bargain as far as the punishment is concerned. Because I was listening to Dominic Foxworth yesterday on Get Up, I thought he brought up some some very good points. Is you know in a situation like this, 
emotions can lead you ceding power to the league where, you know, they go out here and give hand down this big punishment. And then guess what? The next man might be feeling the wrath of what what happened with Draymond. So my whole thing is what did y'all collectively bargain and follow that protocol? Don't follow emotion, but follow what was collectively bargained between the two parties. Damien, let's pivot to the NFL. When it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, CC always says what's understood doesn't have to be said. When it comes to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, basically we always give them the benefit of the doubt because yeah. we've seen it time and time again. Do you think they're going to right the ship this season, or do you think this year is different for them? This is, this year is different. This year is different. There is no one coming to save them. Uh, we're past the trade deadline. Um, you know, anyone who's going to help you is, is in-house. And – Give me one reason why I should believe that these receivers are going to make things happen this year. What evidence can you show me that these guys are going to all of a sudden flip the switch and become this, this, this team, this, this group that can catch all these balls and, and do the things that, quite honestly, you get, you get paid to do? I, I just haven't seen it yet. Now, I think they're, I think they're going to get the, the number one seed because if you look at the schedule – the schedule, they probably had the easiest path to the number one seed yeah. of the other teams, the Baltimore, obviously Miami with a bad loss against the Tennessee Titans. But I think they'll have the inside track for that number one seed. But I will say this, they are the most vulnerable Chiefs team that we've seen in years. Like, I think it, even if they get the number one seed, no one's going to be scared to go in Arrowhead and go get that dub. Mm. Talk with Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst. He'll be on at 8 a.m. Eastern on Get Up here. Your former head coach, Bill Belichick, reports yesterday that it's already decided he's done at the end of the season. Adam Schefter came out and said, you know, if Kraft has made that decision, he hasn't told people that, obviously. Do you think he's done at the end of the season? I do. I do. I I think that – and honestly, I think this will be the perfect time for for both parties to kind of go their separate ways. Um, I will always say Bill Belichick was the smartest coach I've ever been around. Um, he's a football savant. He's a football genius, historian of the game. I owe so much of my career to the you know the foundation that he laid when when I first came to the league with the Patriots. But I think you know every everything runs its course. It does. Everything in life runs its course, and I think the time in New England has run its course with, with Coach Belichick. What I would like to see is for them to trade Coach Belichick to another team. You know. With a quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, like the Chargers would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, you know, get get Justin Herbert with B- Bill Belichick and let's let's see what happens then. Um, but I think that New England needs a real reset. Like they're in the they're at a stage where they're going to be picking. They're going to have an opportunity if everything keeps trending the way it is. But they're going to have a top notch quarterback. And so I just think that they they you know their whole dynasty has, has run its course. They've achieved things I don't know we're going to see again um, for a very, very long time. But I think there needs to be a hard reset in New England. Damian, two of the more interesting young quarterback stories in the NFL happen to be the two quarterbacks in New York City. Zach Wilson had a really good performance in, in their team's win against the Texans this past Sunday. One AFC Player of the Week, yep. Tommy DeVito for the New York Giants. Really good performance against the Green Bay Packers. One NFC Player of the Week. My question to you is, which one of those quarterbacks has an opportunity to stick around long-term, a better opportunity? As crazy as it sounds, Tommy DeVito. All right. Tommy DeVito. Has <laughs> Tommy Cutlets. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I think, you know, number one, I think that, first of all, his story is incredible. Um, just being an undrafted guy and coming in 
and getting coached up by Brian Dayball and playing playing the way he's been playing and winning a state championship and, and at Bosco. That, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's and a home. Stay, he's literally the, a homegrown talent right here. And staying but, at his mom's crib. That's <laughs> right. That's right. So everything about the story is great. Um, but you know, there's there's so many layers to that giant situation. Obviously, you know, Danny Dimes coming off the ACL, got the neck injury. I know the contract. There's a lot of things that it's an uncertain situation as far as the starting quarterback is concerned. I think he, I think you know, Tommy DeVito has an opportunity with the way he's playing and getting better each and every week. He's going to have an opportunity. Whereas Zach, the one thing we talk about with Zach, I think the, the word I would say is, you know, potential is the thing that will get you fired as a coach. Potential. <laughs> it's games like that. That just frustrates you because yeah. you like you see it one week, but then you won't see it again for you know a month plus, and that's the that's the thing that that I hate as someone who watches the game, who studies the game is if you want to be a star in this league, it's not necessarily about arm talent; it's the consistency in which you play the game, and I think that's been the real hiccup for Zach Wilson is we know he's talented. But it's the consistency in which he goes out there week in and week out. So is there anything that you can see over the next month of football that would lead you to believe Zach is going to be around next year? I tend to say no because I think that the parties are everything. I think it's already been kind of discussed and, and, and understood that after, this, that after this season that they'll go their separate ways. And, I, and I'm at a point now where I think that's exactly what Zach needs. Yeah. I think Zach needs to go somewhere outside of New York, go somewhere – with with some good coaching, um, you know, uh, organization that would kind of you know put his arms around him and just let Zach, st- you know, let him have a reset as well. Look forward to Zach Wilson being the backup in San Francisco or Miami next year is what Damian Woody <laughs> just said. You'll see him on Get Up in about fifteen minutes. I'm over it with Pat Costello, our producer, coming up next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance. Here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Every day on our show, Pat Costello joins us, our producer, and gives us things that he is over. He is sick of. He's had enough of. In and around sports, life, and entertainment. What are you over today, Pat? Adult birthday parties. I don't want to come to your, like, 30-second birthday party. I, I'm i not going to bring you anything. This is They're unnecessary. I don't want to go. I'm just going to stay home. Grow up. They're, they're stupid. 
I so, tend so, to agree, but there are numbers for him. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. 40 you can have, 50 you can have. 30 you can have. Do you really need a 40th birthday party? What you, what's not. happening at your 40th birthday party I mean, that you need, oh, man, like, 30 people to come? Awesome 40th birthday party. <laughs> Damn, I threw my man. wife a 40th Yeah, but you're rich. I feel that's attacked. Different. Oh. Whoa, whoa. What is that happening? Yeah, I mean, you're just throwing gas at You're going to have lobster thermidor. Jeez. My goodness. I'm just saying, you're going to have, like, lobster thermidor and filet mignon. That's different. Lobster thermidor. I did throw my wife a 40th birthday party, but what I did was not like a huge party. It was like a private dinner in a back room that I rented. Yeah, that's cool. With like, I want to say 12 people or something like that. I think that's lovely. 14, 15 people, something something along those lines. I thought it was reasonable, great, whatever. The problem was there was one of those minimums. And we didn't come close to the minimum. Ooh, so So you burned a lot of cash. No, sir. I said, all right. I want doggy bags. I am hitting that minimum. I took every bottle of wine. I don't drink. I took bottles of wine. I took lobster. I took everything you possibly could imagine because I said, if I'm paying for it, I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah, I think life is worth celebrating. I don't care if you're 31, 57, whatever it may be. If you have a big 31st or 57th birthday party, Smalls, that's a little Here's the difference. I think if you... Make it uncomfortable for other people to celebrate you. That's the problem. Where you're like, I can't believe you're going to miss my 31st birthday. Relax. There are very few things for myself in general that I would want less than a birthday party thrown for me. That's painful. I have no interest Why in that. Why is it painful to have, have other people celebrate you? I have no interest in that whatsoever. I have no interest in a birthday party for me. I'll throw you a birthday party. I don't want one. Don't want one. Hmm. I also hate the people who do birthday months. Or birthday weeks? Yeah, those people are Get just over tacky. yourself. Yeah, those you are not are that tacky. important. They're doing way too much. They're just looking for every excuse where they don't have to do work, and they can be showered with all of these types of gifts of things that they probably don't want to buy for themselves or can't buy for themselves. So I'm with you on that one, Pat. The whole birthday month thing, a little bit extreme. Birthday weeks, definitely extreme. Like, I just, they they doing too much with that stuff. I'm, I'm with you. I'm looking across the way. Huh. I have a feeling someone over there does a, at least a birthday week. Definitely birthday week. Yeah, I without so. a doubt. But there's usually more than one celebration. One group of people wants to take you out to dinner. You have your family party. Going it, to the Hamptons. You're going to the Hamptons for your birthday, whatever it may be. It hypothetically. Just, hypothetically speaking. There's usually just more than one celebration, so... I would say so a week had, is okay. You had your Hamptons Five, and then you had your, your New York City week. I get it. All right. What else? You a St. Louis celebration. You know yeah. what it is. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like eggs, and I'm tired of people giving me grief for it. Uh, they're weird, and they're wiggly, and they taste bad, and I don't get it. And they're they're like Jello like and awful. I. Eggs are terrible. I don't agree with you, but there are a lot of people that are in agreement with you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Guy Fieri, Diner Drivers and Dives. Excuse me. Who was that? That's his name, Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri, not, Triple it's D. It's not Fieri. It's Fieri. Oh, okay. You, sh- you of all people, should know that with know the that. Italian name. He is not really my style. I respect. I wasn't what he's asking ba- if it was your style. I, I just respect what he's. I'm more of a Giada girl. I'm more of a Barefoot Contessa girl. You know what I mean? They're both great really? too. Yeah. Um, but oh, Guy Fieri yeah. famously does not like or eat eggs. Um, Michael K, ESPN New York Yankee announcer, literally put out on Twitter the other day that he tried eggs for the first time in his life Ever? at 62 years old. Oh, my goodness. What there was are the some verdict? questionable Michael K food takes, though. So I don't know if you want to use that to back your argument. I'm just, no, I'm saying for okay. P- Pat is not alone in the anti-egg category. Yeah. But I, I'm good on eggs. Well, when people say they don't like eggs, I just feel like they haven't had them cooked properly. Yeah, that, that's what I always omelet? come at. Yeah, exactly. When you have somebody that knows what they're doing in the kitchen, 
They can whip up some eggs and do okay. it right. Do you yeah. think everyone but you cooks bad, Canty? Because I feel like every time anyone says they don't like something, your answer is it's because they don't, haven't had it properly. No, like, lots no. of people can cook things well. That doesn't mean everything that someone cooks is a good thing. Well, maybe you a can lot, cook the maybe, greatest maybe, eggs in maybe, the world. They're still going to taste bad because eggs stink. Well, Pat, maybe a lot of people th- can cook things well. I just don't think you're one of those people. And so when we come down to down. Your, when we come down to your food takes, and you're talking about, yeah, I tried it, I didn't like it. I don't know if you're cooking that properly. I'm just saying. Yeah, Can we put this to there? the test though. What? Next time we are in Connecticut with Pat, Pat, I think you should come in and make everybody a meal. Let Canty actually try it. What do we think? Sure. Okay. So also, we'll see if he can cook. What type of eggs are we talking about? Scrambled no, eggs. Or I know he can't cook. He likes macaroni gross. and cheese with breadcrumbs on top. I can't. Oh. I can't trust a guy That's like that. That's not that egregious. That's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't trust it. I can't trust it. Pat, what would you make us if we were if if we were putting you to the test here? What would you make us? Problem is, I'm not like a breakfast guy, and it's early. I'd, I'd make like I. I'd honestly make meatballs. That'd probably be my kid. Oh preemptive excuses there on this. <laughs> but I don't cook breakfast. I don't ever eat breakfast. Well, we know. We, today, Pat woke up <laughs> early and made himself <laughs> dinner <laughs> because he thought it was 5 p.m. instead of 5 a.m. That is not a joke. Go back on our ESPN app, listen to our podcast at 6 a.m. Eastern time when we learned about Pat Costello not knowing the difference between a.m. and p.m. Next one, Pat. Yeah, people are telling me you use military time. I'd be just as confused at 17 <laughs> than I would at 5. So, um, I, I'm over autocorrect. It's so annoying. I've, I, you know you can change that in your settings, right? You can turn it off. You can turn autocorrect off? Yeah, this one's on you, bud. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it still ruins sentences. Well, we're, yeah, exactly. We're over you. <laughs> I'm still over it. I can okay. still be over autocorrect. Okay. It's awful. Fair, fair. It's your, it's your segment. Yeah. It's things you're over. I'm just exactly. telling you, yeah. there's an easy path to victory on this there one. There we go. <laughs> didn't know you could turn it off. What, but, what is the part of it that bothers you the most? Well, I don't like I don't like ducks that much, and I haven't mm. used the word shot that much since high school. So, G- got it. Maybe your autocorrect is telling you, you know, you are on the radio every day. Maybe try to eliminate those words as best as you can, so you don't say them on the radio like you've done in the past. Just throwing that out wow. there. Wow, oh, allegedly, allegedly, you don't want to say duck on the radio, or that you know Draymond's shot is not as good as Steph's shot. Correct. Right? Okay. Yeah, mm. but Pat has made. You know, some allusions to that. Okay. Are you doing math problems over here? Something I see, like that. Exactly. I see Cece counting as this is going on. Yeah, I got things There's a going math, on. So Cece's in math class. Smalls is within the, her birthday year, and I'm eating eggs. That's what's happening right now. Coming up, the NBA has made their decision on Draymond Green. Did they get it right? We're Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.